0: morning. Our second scripture lesson this morning is from the Gospel according to Mark. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God of the wilderness, we thank you. We thank you that you are indeed the God of the wilderness, that you are the God of the mountains, that you are the God of the oceans, that you are the God of the level ground, that you are the God of the air, that you are the God of us. We thank you for this word. We thank you for the messages proclaimed in the wilderness and the part of us that connects with those messages. For we know that those connect you to us. Illuminate this path ahead of us, oh God. Or maybe even just illuminate this moment a little more. I mean, you put into my mouth the words you would have me speak and take from my mouth those you would not. Amen. I think I've said a number of times that Mark is my kind of favorite of the four Gospels. And it's actually this start from the get-go that's one of my favorite things about it. It just sort of speaks from the very beginning. We're going to hop right in. We're going to get right down to business. We're going to jump in right now there is this sense of immediacy that Mark carries throughout. That the Kingdom of Heaven is here. The Kingdom of Heaven is now. God is here. God is here. And what I love about this at the beginning of Mark is that as we are introduced to John the Baptist, and it's very clear that John the Baptist is the one proclaiming. We're gonna use Isaiah as our reference point from the get-go. We're gonna say this is as it was told, foretold in Isaiah. This is happening right now. This is the messenger. This is the person who is coming in, who is proclaiming this new way, who is proclaiming this new way of understanding ourselves, this new way even more of understanding God. And this message that he is proclaiming is one that will help us to connect more with ourselves, with one another, and with God. But even more, this message, this promised messenger is coming to tell us that things are going to be okay. That the chaos that we see all around us, which was equally chaotic in Mark's gospel context, that this chaos is not all that is. But even more that God is working in and through this chaotic time. So what I love about Mark is that even when I was in seminary in 2009 to 12, and I was saying, oh, I love this because it applies to such chaotic times as this moment. I almost laugh at how naive I was back in 2012 thinking that was chaotic times. Do y'all remember in 2016 when we were like, "Oof, that was a hard year. Remember back in June of 2023 when I said, 2023 feels relentless. That was in June. Here we are in December. It keeps on going, doesn't it? So back to John, what I love though is that you have, and and one thing that really was lifted up to me this week, and I'm so glad that it's already been lifted up a couple of times this morning, but that John is in the wilderness and that people are going to him in the wilderness. I think in, a, in the past, when I had read this story, and I don't know why all of these things are all of a sudden new, but because it doesn't say that in the text, but in the, in the past, in the story, John was always coming back in, you know? He was like Jesus. He's like, I've been out in the wilderness and I'm bringing this message back in. I always kind of pictured him as coming in to this sort of polite audience with his hair shirt, eating locusts and honey, probably, I mean, smell horrible. He's got this wild hair kind of gone all over the place coming in. The kingdom of heaven is here now. And people are like, well, maybe we should listen to this person, but I never really quite understood why. But they listened because the way that he spoke and proclaimed the message was done with authority. But it struck me this week even more powerfully that no, he's not coming in. They are not having to navigate what to do with this wild personality. They are going out to him. They're going out into the wilderness to seek him. He is loud enough, whether through his own voice, but more likely through those who has, he has really influenced, that people know that this is something legit. This is something that we want to hear more about. They go out into that wilderness to find out what message is there. And I find that to be really It it changes the story for me a whole lot. Because then I'm like, why are they going? Why are they going out into the wilderness? The Jordan River has some significance. If you go back into the book of Joshua, that's where they cross over into the promised land. After a long stint in the wilderness. The Jordan River represents the end of that. It's like we are there, y'all. We have hit this point. We are breaking through. It is time. It is time. Throughout the Gospel of Mark, you have these different barriers or boundaries that are set up between people, and the Gospel tells you again and again that the Spirit of God breaks through those boundaries, that all of those things that we have established between ourselves and one another and the world around us, which I got to tell you are the things that prevent us from experiencing God, all of those things are coming down. All of those things are coming down. So why did they go out? And here's what I think this is really powerful as a message for today, what John has to say for us today, is I think they went out because they were hungry enough to know that this message from this wild person in the wilderness was something that they were feeling and connecting with too. I've talked a lot about these sort of wild things that have happened to me throughout the last few years, these interactions that I've had with the holy in these different places, that started when I sat down just to be present with what is. And then sure enough, when you say I want to be present with what is, you get to see more and more of what is. But there have been so many times when I found myself in conversations with people, sharing with them these stories. I had a very, friend, a very dear friend who I've known since like 2011 as I was telling her some of the things that had happened. This is another pastor, by the way some of the wild things I'd experienced in the last couple of years, she looks and she's like, you don't really tell people about this, do you? And I kind of sheepishly, I was like, well, sometimes. This was a year ago. And so, yeah, it's like, yeah, sometimes I do. But what I find is two things. One, get used to people looking at you a little askew when you tell them of your stories from the wilderness. They'll look at you a little bit strangely. But two, what I found also is that telling them about these things invites them to tell you about the ways in which they have also experienced their own wilderness moments. And so I think that the people were going out into that wilderness because they were feeling something pull. They were feeling something that told them that the way that we are seeing the world is not all there is. And there is something attractive enough in this message that I am willing to go into the scariness of the wilderness where there are no maps, there are the stars, there are guides, there are voices. But we are going out into this wild place because we know that there is something more calling to us. There is something more inviting us to see that this chaos all around us is not all there is what I find ironic is that they go out into this wilderness, this place known for chaos and uncertainty and mystery, that going out into the place of chaos and uncertainty and mystery is actually the way to transform and to move through the chaos that is happening here. Which I think is really interesting. So sometimes we got to go out into the wilderness in order to be able to find our way back home. Because sometimes even when we're sitting at home, we don't feel quite at home because there's something within us that's beckoning us, that's inviting us. Do you know what I mean? Do you ever have that part of you where you're sitting at home and maybe there's this part of you that's like, surely this isn't all there is. Surely the day-to-day minutiae of getting things done, of checking off the checklist, of making sure X, Y, or Z is finished, of making sure everything is just in line, surely that's not all there is. I'm gonna tell you something, it's not. It's not all there is. But that part of you that's beckoning, it's a scary part, because it requires that you give up so many of the ideas and the things that kept all of this stuff together, that kept all of these things in your life together, and just so. But here's the thing is sometimes also the wilderness comes to you even if you're not ready for it. Does that resonate? Anybody else feel like the wilderness is just creeping in a little bit more and more and more every day? I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's having a really hard time. Just yesterday, she observed the second anniversary of her husband passing very tragically. And as we've been talking lately, she's been talking about the ways in which many things in her life feel so out of control. It's kids, it's it's dealing with significant trauma. It is her own grief, the weight of which feels so heavy some days that she doesn't know how to get out of bed. But she has to. And so I kind of gently invited her to consider actually taking some time to intentionally being still. Now, mind you, it takes some guts to do that, I'm going to say. It takes some guts to talk to a friend about all of these things that are going on and to say, have you given yourself permission to just sit with it? And she's like, I don't know that I can let that Pandora's box open because there's just so much there. And yet, I feel like it is cracking open anyway. And it'll do that. It'll crack open anyway. And so, as we were talking, I kind of gently invited her to, to look and to see, because her thing, what she's realizing is she needs to find this center, she needs to find this core so that she can be present for her children, so that she can be present for her colleagues, so that she can be present for herself. And she's like, I feel like if just one thing could be still in my life, then I could find my footing again. If I feel like, and she was talking about if one thing that was going on with my children could be still in my life, then I could find my footing again. So here's the thing, is that there is one thing that can be still in your life in those moments, and it is the one thing that you have the most control of, and that is yourself. Isn't it funny how so often when we look around for all the things we wish could be still around us, the last thing we so often consider is ourselves? The one thing that we have the most control over. Friends, we are in the wilderness. If you're not in the wilderness— Come, tell me your secret. We are in the wilderness. It is okay to be in the wilderness. It is okay to be in the wilderness. I mean, we could say it's not okay, but we're here anyway, so maybe we could just go ahead and say it's okay to be here because this is exactly where we are. And guess what happens when we're able to name and to be present with exactly where we are and exactly how things are and exactly what is we get to be present with the divine in a new way because we get to see that God is in and through everything and that God is especially potent to experience in the wilderness. So as painful and as complicated and as uncertain as it is, we are not lost. We are in the wilderness, but we are not lost. We may think that we are lost, we may feel like we are lost, but friends, this kind, of, this kind of wilderness that we're in right now, if we start by being present to that light within us, we will recognize that it is shining forward. That we do have within us, collectively, what we need to move through this time. We are moving through this time. Amen.